All right, have your Bibles. Turn with me to Luke, the fifth chapter, if you would. Let's all stand as we honor God's word by standing. And um, then I'll let you sit down, and I'm going to read Mark 2. Luke, uh, the fifth chapter. Let's all stand. We're going to read verses 17 through 26. This and this as we read it. It came to pass on a certain day. We, I like that word certain because what that means is it wouldn't, wouldn't be no other day, no other day that this would happen except this certain day. It came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law sitting by which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, I want you to get that part of it. This were the Pharisees and, and the doctors of the law sitting. These were the same ones that Jesus called hypocrites. <clears throat> but, but Jesus was healing them, their sickness. And behold, men brought in a bed a man which was taken with a palsy. And they sought means to bring him in. And to lay him before him. And when they could not find by what way they might bring him in and become in because of the multitude, they went up on the housetop and led him down through the uh, tiling and his, with his couch into the midst before Jesus. When he saw their faith, he said unto them, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And the scribes and the Pharisees began to reason, saying, Who is this man? Who is this man? Who, who is, I'm sorry, who is this man? I'm sorry, I'll get it right, man. Saying, Who is this which speaketh blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God alone? But when Jesus perceived their thought, he answered and said unto them, What reason ye in your hearts? Or whether it is easier to say thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk. But they, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sin, he said unto the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, arise and take up thy bed, thy couch, and go into thine house. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that where he lay and departed to his own house, glorifying God. Gracious Heavenly Father, we thank you again for this day. Thank you for the blessings of it. Thank you for the time we have together here today. Thankful for those who came out today. Lord, we just pray that you bless them. Thankful, Lord, for uh, everything. Uh, Lord, we just, uh, you, 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 you do more for us than we deserve. And Lord, we're thankful for that. Lord, I just pray that you bless us. Uh, bless all those that are here today, Lord, and we pray that they'll leave here saying it was good to be in the house of the Lord once again. For it's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Thank you. you may be seated. Turn over to uh, uh, Mark, the second chapter, or turn back to Mark, the second chapter. And let me read Mark's account. Mark and Luke are the only ones that gives account of, um, uh, of this. Mark, the second chapter. I'm going to begin reading in the first verse. Mark the second chapter. 
And again he entered into Capernaum after some days, and it was noise that he was in the house. And straightway many were gathered together insomuch that there was no room to receive them. No, not so much as about the, the door, and he preached the word unto them. And they come unto him, bringing one sick of the palsy, which was born of four. And when they can't, they could not, well that, that means that he was born that way. And when they, when they could not come nigh unto him for the press, they uncovered the roof where it, where it, where he was. And when they were broken it up, they let down the bed with, wherewith the sick of the palsy lay. When Jesus saw their faith, he said unto the sick of the palsy, Son, thy sins be forgiven thee. But there were certain of the scribes sitting there and reasoning in their hearts, Why doth this man thus speak blasphemies? Who can forgive sins but God only? And immediately when Jesus perceived in his spirit that they so reasoned within themselves, he said unto them, Why reason ye these things in your hearts? Whether, whether is it easier to say to the sick of the palsy, Thy sins be forgiven thee, or to say, Arise and take up thy bed walk. But that, but that they, that, but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power on earth to forgive sins, he said to the sick of the palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy bed and go thy way unto thy house. And immediately he arose, took up the bed and went forth before them all insomuch that they were all amazed and glorified God saying, we never saw it on this fashion. Now, this is a helpless paralytic. I get it right today. By the way, I looked up the word paralytic in, in dictionary and it says any condition which makes one inactive. So that's why, that's why he's called a paralytic and, uh, in modern day English. Now, what, what about this? You know, uh, what about, what about a man that wants to see Jesus that badly? That he would have them take part of the roof off. Now just think about it. I don't think Landmark Baptist Church will ever be crowded to where nobody else can get in here. But, uh, I, I would hope that uh, it would, would be like that someday. But what about, uh, if somebody got up there and started taking the roof off to get somebody down here so they could hear the preaching? Uh, you know, that, that's, that's odd. It really is. You know, the Apostle Paul said, For by grace are you saved through faith, and that not of yourself, it is a gift of God, not of works, lest any man shall boast. Ephesians 2, 8, 9. The apostle learned well from the master considering salvation. Jesus put every word of what the apostle said in, 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 in Ephesians into practice. Every word of it. This man, why, why did these go to such extremes to get this paralytic to Jesus? 
because they had been given the faith to do so. They had to be given the faith. This man, he said, I got to get down there. Fellas, I, I can't make it. I got to get down there. And so what they do, they went up on the housetop. They tore off part of the roof and the tiling, and they came down and they laid, laid him in front of Jesus in his bed. That's faith. That's faith that would do things like that. No one that I've ever seen in my ministry ever tear the doors off to get into the church, into the church house. As a matter of fact, uh, sometimes you have to sit and just wonder if they're coming. They don't. They don't tear the doors off. They don't. They don't. Have, in haste, have any of you ever seen anybody run in here when they're late? Now they casually come in and sit down. Uh, have you ever seen anybody that was late and they they run into church? I had a young man one time that was saved, and that's when I was in Kentucky was saved and uh, and he went everywhere with me when he went visiting with me everywhere I would go he would go and and I was preaching a revival about 40 35 40 miles away from Cynthiana and uh, he couldn't go because he couldn't get off work in time I went home every night because I didn't stay for the worst preaching revival that and I'd go back the next evening and uh, as a matter of fact, I was working a job. I had to do that. But they were, he couldn't get in in time to go with me. So uh, I had to leave without him. And I went to where I was preaching, preaching the revival. And they got ready to start. And I looked up and he was walking in the door. And I asked him. I stopped, I stopped everything. I asked him, I called him by name. I said, uh, how did you get here? He said, I hitchhiked. You ever know of anybody do that? Didn't have a ride to church, but they set out hitchhiking because they wanted to go to church? No. You don't see nothing like that in this day and time. You don't see anything like that. You don't see anything like this in this day and time. You don't see any, anybody that, that has the, uh, the faith to want to actually come to know the truth so they can be saved. That's the only kind of, that's the only faith that God gives. God had given them this faith. He had given those that let him down and the man this faith. And immediately Jesus didn't tell him he was healed. Immediately Jesus told him, Thy sins are forgiven thee. Because of his faith. Because of the mighty faith that he has. What can happen to us if we exercise mighty faith? Let me tell you folks, a lot of things can happen to you. I I would have thought many, many years ago, but I would never have been in the ministry as long as I have because when I got around 50 years old, preachers started talking about retiring, you know. But then I realized the Bible doesn't teach anything about retirement. 
Nowhere in the Bible does it say that a preacher is, is to retire. It's, it's a lifelong calling. It's a calling that, that is a lifetime calling. It's, you, you never, as long as you're able to, you don't ever quit. I saw where Brother Pyle uh, turned 90 years old, and he's still pastoring a church in Florida. And he, he, he's been pastoring churches for 70-some years. He's 90, he just turned 90. And uh, you, don't, you don't see those things. You don't see those things. You don't see people that have that kind of faith that they will do that will do these things. But these people did. They they had that kind of faith in, in that he had given them faith. Again, Jesus uses his simple way of salvation to prove to the Pharisees, the doctors of the law, who were the Sadducees, that salvation is holy of the Lord. They wanted to know how can you say you forgive sin. When God's the only one that can forgive sin. That's what they teach in Judaism. That God is the only one that forgives sin. And Jesus comes along and says he's God. And they try to kill him. So Jesus told him his sins were forgiven. Jesus knew where he was. He knew the certain house that he was in. And he knew what he had to say at this time. And what Jesus had to say wasn't you're healed. But he says, thy sins are forgiven thee. Had all those lost hypocritical Pharisees standing around. All those lost hypocritical Sadducees standing around. All, all those that Jesus called hypocrites. Had them all standing around there. And, and they heard Jesus tell the man, thy sins are forgiven thee. And they didn't like it at all because they were taught that God's the only one who forgives sin. Well, Jesus was proving to them that he was God. Proving to them who he was and, and what he, that he, he's who he said he was. <clears throat> you know, uh, all the work that these people had, had to do, taking off the roof, tearing out the hole down to where Jesus was, had absolutely nothing to do with gaining salvation. Not one thing. They did not expect for the Lord to save this man. They expected the Lord to heal him. When, when, or they hoped that the Lord would heal him because they weren't expecting this man to be saved. But the Lord saved him. See, this is, the Lord can save whomever he wants to, when he wants to, at the time he wants to. He, he doesn't, he doesn't have, he doesn't wait on how long they come to church. He doesn't wait on how long they sit in a pew. He doesn't wait on that. He, he does it at his time when he wants to. You know, I had a man one time was, uh, he, he'd come to church a couple of three times up in Kentucky. And the Lord saved him before he got to church. He came forward that day, that day in church and he told the church, he said, the Lord saved me on the way here. And, uh, you would have thought that, well, when he walked down the church aisle, that's when he was saved. No, he said, the Lord saved me when I was on my way here. I tell you, it's something else. I want every person in this building and any who might listen to this message over the Internet that works had nothing to do with who Jesus healed or who he saved. Had nothing to do with it. Works had absolutely nothing to do with it. 
all the works in the world won't get you healed, and all the works in the world won't get you saved. Had nothing to do with it. This is what Jesus was teaching them here at this particular time. In verse 17 of our text, he said, When Jesus heard it, what the Pharisees were saying, he said unto them, They that are whole, I'm sorry, I'm, where am I? Verse 17, yeah, down through verse 17. Jesus heard it, he said, They that are whole need no, have no need of a physician, but they that are sick, I came not to call the righteous, but sinners to repentance. You know, Jesus said, I didn't come to the earth to heal, but I do. I, I didn't come to the earth to, to make people physically better, but sometimes they are. He says, I came to the earth to call the righteous. I, I, I don't come to call the righteous, but I come to call sinners to repentance. That's what he was there for. Why, why in the world would he say, that 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 you uh, this day you're saved. Why would he say that if he didn't come to do that? That's what he came there to do. Do you think Jesus didn't know they were going to let that man down? Sure he did. He knew that's the reason he was at that certain house. You see, we sometimes we think we're in control of situations, but we're not. God is in complete control of situations in your life, my life. Be saved, God is in complete control of those situations in our lives. He had healed even lost hypocrites. Now think about that. I told you to think about this. I was reading it. He had healed even lost hypocrites. He had healed some of the Pharisees. He had healed some of the Sadducees. That goes again to show he does as he pleases. He, he was teaching these, I do as I please. They said, well, you, we're thankful you healed us, but... But you saved this man. You didn't heal him. You saved this man. And Jesus said, well, how much easier is it for me to heal him? The very same thing. That's going to be uh, something here I'm going to say in just a moment. But he saved the only man there who was one of his elect children. Only one there that's one of his elect. And that great crowd, the house was packed. In that great crowd, he saved the only one there that was one of his elect children. Immediately, when he saw the one that he had come to the certain house to heal, he saved him. Again, the new birth has no boundaries, no certain length of time. It comes when it comes, just as it did with you and me. You know, new birth is not a, the new birth is not a system of some say, you know, you gotta pray a prayer, you gotta walk a church aisle, you gotta do this, you gotta, no. Uh-uh. You only walk a church aisle to show people to confess that the Lord has saved you and seek scriptural baptism. It's the only reason you walk a church aisle. It, it has nothing to do with salvation. So again, Jesus was showing them that he does things as he sees fit. Now if we're to understand a helpless pair Paralytic, we must see the Pharisees and the doctors of the law did not understand salvation. They did not understand it. They did not understand salvation, what it means to be saved. They didn't understand that. And it's very clear. Verse 21 of our text, verse 21, he says, No man also 
sort of piece of, I'm, I'm sorry. Let me, let me get back over in Luke 5 uh, for this one. Back over in Luke 5. He says in verse 17, Luke 5 and verse 17, he says, And it came to pass on a certain day as he was teaching that there were Pharisees and doctors of the law, which were the Sadducees, sitting by, which, which were come out of every town of Galilee and Judea and Jerusalem, and the power of the Lord was present to heal them. Now, why would he heal a Pharisee? They hated him. They hated everything about him. Why would he heal a Sadducee? They argued with him. When Jesus talked about being resurrected from the dead, they, they argued with him. They said there's no such thing as a resurrection. That's what the Sadducees believed. There's no such thing as a resurrection. They were doctors of the law. There's no such thing as resurrection. The Old Testament doesn't talk about a resurrection. So there's no such thing as a resurrection. Jesus said there is a resurrection. And someday they'll understand what he's talking about. They themselves were healed by Christ, but yet they could not understand what happened to this man that seemed to come out of the air of whom Jesus said, Man, thy sins are forgiven thee. It was all right, it was, it was all right when, as long as, as Christ's work was done in healing, but to forgive sin also, they had no clue. Had no clue. It was okay for him to heal. But it's all okay for them to heal him, them. But they had no clue when it came to, when it came to, uh, salvation. Their ignorance of salvation made them angry. Jesus answered their, their, their arrogance in verse 22. He says, here's what he said. He said, but when Jesus perceived their thoughts and he answered, said unto them, why, what reason ye in your hearts whether it is easier to say their sins is thy sins be forgiven thee or to say rise up and walk. Which is easier? Which which would you think was easier? But they they but but that ye may know that the Son of Man hath power upon earth to forgive sins, he said unto the sick of palsy, I say unto thee, Arise and take up thy couch and go into thy house. Now, how hard was that? How how hard was that one? Jesus spoke of his power to forgive sin. What did it take to forgive my sin? What did it take to forgive your sin? The same thing it took to forgive this man's sin. It took one breath from the Savior of man to forgive this man's sins and in the same breath to heal the paralytic, heal, heal him of his paralytic state. Same breath. You just gotta speak it. He can say, he can say save and heal. All in one breath. He doesn't even have to give his breath. How hard is it? It's not hard for, for, for God. That's what he's showing them here, here. It's not hard for God for him to do that. Now if we're to understand this paralytic, helpless paralytic, we must see the enthusiasm of meeting Jesus. Look at verses 25 and 26. And immediately he rose up before them and took up that whereon he lay and departed to his own house glorifying God. And they were all amazed and they glorified God. Said, 
it's amazing. And we're filled with fear, saying we have seen strange things today. When one meets Jesus, the enthusiasm begins immediately. They did not wait a few days to see if it was real. They did not wait for another emotion, which some believe will come soon. When a person is born again, he knows something has happened to him, which is very strange to the lost world. He knows something's happened to him. When you talk about the new birth, you know, it's amazing. I've, I've talked about the new birth and, and, uh, people don't want to talk about the new birth. I was talking with a couple of people this past week and, and, uh, they got talking about, uh, getting saved, getting saved. And, and I said, uh, uh, have you been born again? They said, what does that mean? What does that mean? Talk about getting saved. But I said, have you been born again? What is that? They don't know what that means. They have no idea what that means. They said, uh, can you explain it to us? I said, no, I can't. Because it's impossible to explain. But I said, there, there is a new birth that takes place when a, when a person is saved. I said, it's not just walking a church aisle and getting saved or going down and taking a preacher's hand and getting saved or going into the baptismal waters and getting saved. It's more than that. It's much more than that. Very, very much more than that. <clears throat> when a person is born again, he knows nothing. He, he knows something has happened to him. And, and it, but it is very strange to the lost world. Are you happy today in the Lord? You know, that's something for you to think about. Are you happy today in the Lord? Were you happy last week in the Lord? Were you happy week before last in the Lord? Were you happy in the Lord? You see, that's the difference. This man here immediately when Jesus says, take up thy bed and walk, he got up out of it and picked up his bed and walked out that crowd with his bed on his shoulders. Now, how easy was that? That's what these Pharisees couldn't understand. They just could not understand that. Jesus saved him and told him, said, take up thy bed and walk, and he did. And, and even them, even those Pharisees said, this is amazing. This is amazing. You know, there's people who sit in churches all the time. They, When somebody makes a profession of faith, they get a lot of glory out of it. But yet sometimes they're sitting there lost themselves. They're not even saved. You know, when Jesus works, everybody notices. When Jesus works, everybody knows it. When things happen that that uh, is... Uh, uh, that is so strange to the world, uh, everybody knows it. And they glorify God. Are you happy today in the Lord? You say yes. That's why you, yes, then why do you seek other things to find enjoyment? This great enjoyment for me. This is, this is a great enjoyment for me. I, I know, People don't understand it, but I look forward to being in the Lord's house on Sunday. I'm not just saying that. I look forward to being here and preaching. 
I don't know I don't know what I'd do if I ever have to give it up. I look forward to it. I look forward to getting here uh, before eight o'clock. I used to get here before seven o'clock. But I look forward to getting here before eight o'clock and getting ready to worship the Lord. It's like Stephanie said this morning, you know, said uh, uh, she said she said I just she said I just can't get old and can't get around this ten o'clock start starting time. She said I I want to get here before nine forty-five. I said there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong in wanting to do that. Not a thing wrong with it. That's good that a person would want to come early. Are we happy? Are we happy to be in the house? Are we happy to get ready and come to church today? Brother David Collier said one time in preaching revival, but David Collier said, you don't have to go to church. He said, you want to go to church. You don't have to come to church on Sunday, but you want to if you want God's children. Just like this man here, you know, uh, he, he wanted to be able to take up his bed and walk. He wanted to do this. He, he would have done anything the Lord told him to do after the Lord healed him and saved him and healed him. He'd have done anything the Lord told him to do. He took up his bed and that crowd there, you know, he, he looked funny going out through there, big hole in the roof, and him walking out through there with a bed on his, on his shoulder, carrying his own bed. So the bed that he was born and laid in is a bed, I don't know how old this man was, but the bed that he was born in, and laid in and was there for all those years. But yet he got up, he took up that bed and walked, and he went out rejoicing the Lord. Rejoicing to the concern, concerning the Lord. So what a, what a great thing it is. This building at the time of this service is the happiest place in all the earth to a child of God. This is the happiest place you can be today. I, don't, I can't help it. I'm telling you, it's the happiest place you can be. You know, I, I know, I, I don't, I'm telling you, uh, of course, I'll be in Lord's house next Sunday preaching, but let me tell you, let me tell you, uh, there are times when I'd rather be here. I'd rather be right here than in Michigan. But that is, uh, that's just the joy that the Lord gives us when he saves us. And when he heals us, you know, when I get up in the morning, when I get up on Sunday morning, I tell the Lord, I said, Lord, you've got to give me some extra strength today. I've got a long time to go. i got a long, I got a long way to go. And, and he just makes me, I just get, I get so happy about wanting to be in the Lord's house. And I pray, just like this man here, Jesus can give you the same happiness in one breath. In one breath. He can give you the strength to do what you need to do in one breath. He can do it. He can do it. You might say, well, what can you do? Nothing. I can just tell you that. Just preach it to you. He can do it. All right, let's form a circle and be dismissed from this service.